Welcome to the Tour Talk Golf Podcast, where we walk the walk. Now let's talk the talk. I'm your co-host, Sean McBride. Together with my wife, Maria, we share our experience from all the major golf tours. Welcome, Maria. Can I get in a little apology first and an explanation? What do you think? <laughs> you, can, you can if you want. I, I was surprised you were actually wrong in this um, yes. segment. But yes, go right ahead. I make a habit of trying to never be wrong. But yeah. oh, my God, yeah. did I send whoever listens to this podcast <laughs> last yes. week. I mean, I haven't slept for a week. In, no, I know. In, you've been very nervous. In realising uh-huh. that somehow... I decided to tell everybody that the Phoenix Open was going to be a Wednesday start and a Saturday finish in preparation for the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. on the Sunday. I don't know why I considered that that would be uh, appropriate information to give out. I think. (laughs) I don't know either. In my defence, and there is no defence, in my defence, I thought I heard Justin Thomas say he was looking forward to being able to watch football on the Sunday Mm. and I took that for (laughs) a Saturday finish. What well, an idiot. He, he, what an idiot I am. Yeah, he obviously went straight for the tournament down to watch the football. Yes. Yes, yeah. That's I don't know. So does. apologies to anybody who thought, yes, this podcast means so much to us that well, I'm going to uh, schedule my whole life around what Sean said and tuned into yeah. golf on Wednesday to realise it's exactly. a normal Exactly. Maybe took a day off from work to sit down and yeah. go, yeah, I'm going to watch this on Wednesday and then realising, no. Yes. It's so... Not- uh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm kind of, remember the Fonz? Remember back in the day, Fonzie, out of Happy Days, he really struggled no, to say sorry. I never, I never watched that yeah. uh, Happy Day thing. Fonzie was so cool that he struggled to say sorry. <laughs> and okay. uh, I'm feeling like Fonzie right now. So let's move on. I've got the apology off my chest. Yes. Yes, you have. Uh, what have you been up to other than that, though? Other than being nervous about that? Just been cruising around. Uh, I'd like mm-hmm. to say cruising around on my motorcycle, but I've just found out there's going to be a little expensive repair coming up on that as well. So that's yes. uh, that's been a bit of a setback. Mm-hmm. But um, it's better to be safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, so nothing else, just enjoying a little bit of family time in and around, working on our little project um, that's brewing with the LPGA Epson Tour. More on that space when we can confirm it. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, so this um, weekend on the Saturday, uh, this is an annual thing that goes on in Tampa with um, t- my type 1 diabetes um, and there's a camp for kids called the Sam Fuld Camp. Uh, he used to be a professional um, uh, baseball player who obviously has had uh, diabetes for his whole life. And um, he sets up this camp for kids that comes in from all over the country, actually. It's a, it's a great camp. They get to try out uh, lots of different sports. They usually have tennis, they have volleyball, they have obviously football, they have baseball. And they have golf as one part as well. This year they actually had pickleball too, uh, which was interesting. But, um, you know, you just help out and the, um, everything that goes around with this camp, it's, it's really, really cool and it's great for the parents. Um, the parents can be there as well and they, you have little seminars for the parents because some of them have been, some kids have been newly diagnosed with diabetes, so there's a lot of new things for parents and the kids to learn about, especially playing sports. So they have doctors around and they have obviously us athletes around um, from different sports and they can ask questions, they can be curious, they can find out different things about it. Uh, the kids, most of them have 
pumps and um, Dexcoms, which is a integrated system. So it works, uh, shows your blood sugar all the time. Um, so all the counselors that are there, counselors, are you saying? Counselors. counselors yeah. uh, take down notes. They check the kids' sugar all the time, um, write down before they eat what their sugars were. When they eat, you get all the numbers, how many carbs is in the lunch. If they have snacks, how much carbs, and they, they monitor everything. And it's a great, I think, a really great camp for kids and the parents um, to just be a little bit more, for the parents to be a little bit more relaxed in a safe environment. So that's what I did on Saturday yes. to help out with the golfing part. A very, very important camp that you've been part of for quite a few years now. Um, good to see that it's back sort of live and interactive after the post-COVID years. And obviously it's to do with education, education yeah. in, uh, in a space that unfortunately there's more and more uh, diabetic issues coming up in the world and type 1 diabetes is the next level. Mm. Um, we've told your story before. I'm sure we can talk, talk about it again at some particular point, but Ultimately, in that uh, space, on that particular camp, yes, the kids get educated. But I think, don't you think it would be inspiring for the parents to see um, that their children who have just been recently diagnosed with something possibly that is going to be a lifelong challenge, that they can be inspired to see that athletes like yourself who got this uh, you know, challenge in their life for yourself at 21, 22, mm. uh, and then have gone on to achieve great things in the sporting world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, any, If you see anyone that has diabetes, I mean, it's obviously usually not posted out there. It can be any sport um, uh, that you have an athlete that has type 1 diabetes, and it's so important for for kids to know and parents as well that um, it is possible um, you know if you treat diabetes uh, the right way and look after yourself um, there's nothing stopping you from from doing anything whether it's is sport or any other achievements it can pos- definitely be done yes anybody uh, who listens to this podcast or anybody who listens to this podcast and knows somebody um, who has a child there's a type 1 diabetic particularly if they play golf um, make sure you try and get in contact with maria um, she's there to give any sort of holistic advice on how she handles her diabetes and everyday life and lifestyle and then of course how she handled it um, playing at the elite level um, sport of golf and of course, if you're a young junior golfer, you know, golf is hard enough as it is, let alone trying to execute it under type one diabetic, um, challenges. And of course, I experienced that with yourself as well as I, um, as, you know, as our life together, uh, from boyfriend and girlfriend to fiance and husband and wife, I've had to share that journey with you. It is challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you handle it incredibly well and sometimes just for a parent to know that there's a resource out there, uh, who can, um, pass on her own experiences would be invaluable. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone can um, can contact me when it comes to um, comes to questions or concerns, uh, or just want to have a little um, have a little 
chat about it and and see what feelings I had or concerns that I had um, during my professional career. But yes, the uh, phone is open. You can text or call anytime. Yes, yeah, so uh, so a full weekend for yourself. Whilst I just uh, while you were down there doing a very valuable thing in Tampa with the diabetes. Um, camp i just spent some time um in and around the house and emily our daughter had a bit of a sleepover and stuff like that so anyway it was a always seems to be like our weekends are pretty full even though we're trying <laughs> yeah. to do nothing and then she a, did have a lacrosse lesson though too she did have a lacrosse lesson yeah. and yeah, i will say um as much as i was trying to pay attention to my daughter with the lacrosse <laughs> lesson i did was, was i was inspired to see that another student at uh, the school that she attends was actually in the baseball net um getting throwdowns and throwdowns from her father playing cricket. I was drawn to this because... Yeah, it's unusual to see. Very unusual to see here in America. And I can tell you what, this girl had an Indian background. um, So therefore, anybody that's listening to this podcast that has no idea about cricket, India and Australia are pretty dominant in the world of cricket. And when you see a young female playing cricket, um, it's impressive. So it it was a good little afternoon watching my daughter play lacrosse and then you know, just across the, the field there, a, a girl who I didn't know was playing cricket um, with her dad, which is always inspiring to see. So that was yeah. a, a nice Saturday. But, of course, mm. as Saturday and Sunday came around, the Phoenix Open on the PGA Tour yes, was, was on. And another one has been won, run and won by Scott Scotty Scheffler, defending yep. champion, got the job done again. He In, did. Interesting player, Scotty Scheffler. He well, is. He kind of, when you look at him, you think, oh, nothing much to it. Got a little orthodox leg movement, but unorthodox. Um, unorthodox, yeah. sorry, unorthodox. unorthodox. Yes, um, but so impressive every week. Uh, I mean, his short game is unreal as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, it's incredibly good. He and you want know it. The best thing about it, he looks more and more comfortable as the pressure gets higher and higher. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a great caddy, very experienced caddy in Ted Scott. So Scotty Scheffler, interesting guy to watch. Always feels like when you're watching him, um, he could just run off a bunch of birdies at any particular point. He's that sort of guy and then just a great part of that putt on 16. Mm, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. he, he was kind of um, – he didn't feel like he was going to get – well, he has a big chance to get up and down. Um, but he did. He was just – Walking that putt in, um, especially when he he knew if he missed it, there's a big chance that um, the guy laying second, uh, Taylor, Taylor, yeah, yes, was a lot closer, making a par, and there would have been a one shot difference instead of two, and all of a sudden there's a three shot difference. The match play scenario, first yeah. first in win, so a really good yep. victory for Scott Scheffler, Scotty Scott Scotty Scheffler, <laughs> and uh, just seems like he's rounding into good form again as the Masters defense is coming up very shortly in the next, uh, mm. and also Bay Hill um, yeah. here in Orlando. Um, so he's going to be in tip-top form when he comes over to the East Coast. Yes, he is. And there was the biggest purse ever on the PGA Tour with 3.2 million. Is that what he got? 3. 3. Point gazillion million yeah. uh, that he puts in his pocket. And I'll mm. tell you what, um, his caddy, I'm assuming he's on 10%. Nice week. Yeah. He's paid for his hotel room quite easily. (laughs) So there's going to be more and more events like that this week, uh, this year on the PGA Tour. I guess it uh, is, yeah. Clearly they've escalated the... uh, the prize funds Mm -hmm. and designated certain tournaments to be much more um, 
prize fund heavy and Bay Hill's the next one, I think. Yeah, and why, why have they done that now all of a sudden? Well, I wonder. it's obviously yeah. in Challenge to the Live <laughs> Tour and um, yeah. we'll see what happens as time goes on with the Live Tour's first event coming up shortly. Mm. So in that regard, um, was there anything about the 16th hole that you've seen during the Phoenix Open which can throw up anything from beer-chugging <laughs> college kids well, to... Um, we had a little uh, streaker doing a uh, dance polling. Yeah, it's, never, it's never great when you have a little streaker. I think that streaker wants to be known as a big streaker. A big streaker, well... He wasn't really a pure streaker, though. He was he a watered-down version of that. How yeah. about you tell, tell everybody what you witnessed on TV as he as he uh, walks his way through the 16th hole and down 17th. <laughs> Walked. I don't think he uh, really walked, but Waltzed. yes, waltzed. Waltzed. Well, okay. He. Uh, well, you saw him come out on the green. He took a few little rounds around the pole, a little uh, pole dancing around the 16th hole. Decided to uh, continue on down 17 fairway and had nowhere really to go because security was uh, chasing him. <laughs> Uh, he jumped into the pond on 17. And I was surprised that he didn't swim up 18 in the water, but he probably had a few drinks and maybe wasn't uh, feeling the greatest. So he probably couldn't take that chance to swim up there. But Probably lost his bearings by then. Um, didn't exactly yeah. look like he was a great athlete. Probably uh, He did a nice big belly flop. It was a beautiful belly yeah. flop. <laughs> um, there's nothing like the be- big belly flop or the big cannonball. Uh, yeah. Um, love it. Uh, I thought it was impressive. Lovely mullet. Yes. Lovely oh, mullet haircut. Course, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. And he did everything. A streaker, when he sets out to try and do something, he's looking for attention. Of course. Or she. Yeah. Um, there's been some female um, villains in the past that have streaked the British Open, the, the especially. World. Yes. I'm going to mm-hmm. get to that British Open in a second. But, um, you know, a streaker, when they set out, they're looking for attention. They're looking to last as long as they possibly can. Yeah. And, yes, the British Open one in 1985 where the great Peter Jacobson, who was putting out on the 18th hole, seeing this streaker waltzing across the green, and Peter decided to do what pretty much everybody else doesn't do, where a lot of people just stand and try to process what they're actually seeing. Peter decided to lay a hip and shoulder into this streaker. Uh, it's famous footage on YouTube. <laughs> And took the guy out. So, um, and he, like he said in a recent interview that I seen when he was recounting this exercise, is he just put his head down, shoulder in, and closed his mouth because um, that's what you do when you're making sure you avoid <laughs> the sausage. So a streaker at the Phoenix Open, I think there's going to be more and more stuff like that coming up in the future. Um, don't know how they're going to uh, stop it because... The more alcohol, the more chance of something like that happening. So, yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Great Phoenix Open. Um, it always feels like when the Phoenix Open comes around, like the tour is starting to swing into some momentum. So mm. um be interesting to see when they come over the East Coast and then we get closer and closer to the Masters where everybody's uh, sort of feeling in regards to form. So it'd be yeah. Yeah, yeah. an interesting watch there. What other news have we got going on in the golf professional world? Well, what have we got going on? The LPGA is actually back in action this week. Uh, they had the China event cancelled, but this week they are in Thailand. And next week they're in Singapore before they come back into um, 
the mainland of America again. So we're finally back in action there. So it'll be interesting to see who is uh, charging up their form coming into the season. Limited field event, Thailand yeah. and Singapore. Yeah, they're limited field events. They're, uh, they're actually the... Field is picked from last year's order of merit, so or the money list, I should say. So that's how you get into these events. Um, so no rookies or anything in the field. So that's hard, always hard for new players coming into the LPJ because you've um, had the tournament at Lake Nona, which is uh, winners from last year. And then you have these first two events coming in where you can't play as a rookie or a new player. Um, so it's kind of a hard start for the LPJ, but that's how they're, they're, it has been for a very long time. Yeah, that's a very difficult one to get your head around. So, um, you know, if you're a player um, who went through Q series at the end of last year mm. or played on the Epson Tour all year, got your, got through on the top 10, you've grounded out, you've got your LPJ status, you look at the schedule and you realise by the time it comes to your first start, there's going to be three limited field events played before you even get a chance to um, hit a ball in anger and you're going to be <laughs> down the money list pretty quickly. So, mm. gee, the challenges are there for the rookies coming through now. Um, yeah, not too good. sure what the perfect scenario is there other than the old adage that everybody starts at even par each, each year. Just on this occasion, people are starting at even par before some of the rest of the field. So yeah, it's, a yeah. Hard, it's a hard one to get... Um, as an LPJ rookie, when you're when you're trying to adjust to so many new things that are going to come up, and then you find that the established players have already got a bit of a head start on you, but those established players started in the same place as those rookies now, so they, it works mm. for them. You just got to yeah, get better. Simple exactly. If you have uh, if you come out as a rookie or a new player and you play good in this LPJ um, season, then you'll be the one playing in those events next year. Hopefully so. So uh, yeah. a little bit of PGA news, a little bit of streaking news, nothing like talking about a streaker, <laughs> a little bit of LPGA news, and we're just going to wrap it up a little bit as we head towards our weekly Good, Bad and Ugly. What do you think? Yeah, I do think that we should get into that. Um, I don't know if you have. Do you have any of those prepared this week? Absolutely not. Just you don't. Uh, okay. riding your coattails all the way Again. to the end, my okay. dear. Yep. All right, that's great. Well, we're starting off with a good one. And I have to say, it's a very, very impressive. We have the two Swedish girls that are doing amazing on the European tour, well, on the LPJ as well. But Maya Stark um, wins in Morocco and Lynn Grant is finishing second. Uh, and these are the two, they are already set to play the Solheim because they're so far ahead in points that there's uh, no one that can catch them because uh, there's two players from the L.E.T. that gets in automatically to playing in the Solheim. So it was an amazing start for those two uh, in Morocco. Nice, good. Yeah. I see something else that caught my eye, um, mm -hmm. which was, I would say, would go into your good. Um, yeah. Anna Nordfors, who plays at UCF. Yeah. Um, I just see some, she just shot, shot some fantastic scores at Eagle Creek and absolutely blitzed the field to win the college event. Yeah. How about you tell us about those scores she shot 
Yeah, 64, 63 and 68, uh, 21 impressive. under for three rounds. It's very, very impressive. It was a school record. Uh, I don't know if it was a college record, but it was definitely a school record, but uh, really um, crushing scores, I have to say. And it's, it's impressive. She now at UCF for her fifth year because uh, of COVID, they added an extra year so players can play for the fifth year. Usually fifth year, they can't play for the team, but they changed that due to COVID. Uh, so she traded over to UCF and uh, obviously played uh, great in that event and won it easy. What allows a player, what allows a player in your thoughts, and you did this regularly at the elite level, what allows a player to shoot low score followed by another low score followed by a pretty low score of 68 i mean 64 63 68 that is impressive what is happening to her that particular week that she would love to bottle and do it every week well obviously the um uh, the confidence but having fun is usually uh, a big um big deal out of the whole thing and not putting expectations up for the next round and the next round. It is very, very hard to follow one good round after another. Um, but the expectations, if you can keep them low and start at zero when you start the next round, that's usually the biggest challenge I've found. Um, and that's why you can see a lot of times players go out and they shoot a low score. And the next day they go out, they might, you know, they might shoot 64 first day. And the next day they go out and they might shoot 74, 75 because all of a sudden your expectations and your try is so much harder uh, or greater, I should say. Um, but then if you go out there and you start from zero, clean everything out and start again and enjoy yourself and keep expectations low, you have a chance to shoot a really good score because obviously you can and your swing is there and your confidence is there. So go out there and enjoy it. and. Um, um, keep the tri-factor out. Yep, she did a fantastic job, obviously, of saying very, very present-minded. So well yeah. done to Anna Nordfels. It just happened to catch my eye as you were talking about the success, the continued success and momentum of the female Swedish golfer. Have you got a bad for us? Yeah, a bad I thought was a little bit. So we were watching the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a great game, really, really good game. Um, I just thought that the finish was a little bit sour where um you know it was a holding foul towards the last almost the last play of the game um and i found that a little was a little annoying i didn't found it as a strong hold as they caused it to be yes not your thoughts about it well he did come out and say that it was definitely a holding uh even the player that got Panelite said it was definitely a penalty, so it's hard to argue. In in the end, the rules. No, the, the rules rule. are rules. Absolutely. Uh, generally, uh, the school of thought is that when a game such as that Super Bowl, World Cup final, AFL Grand Final, the uh, umpires or referees tend to put the whistle away just to make sure they don't interfere in what would be a great ending. But of course, the rule is a rule. Mm. He's seen it. He blew the whistle. The flag came out, and it did change the uh, momentum of the game, which was. Really, really impressive, actually. Both offensive sides, fantastic. Yeah. So that was yeah, a little bit of a bad to the end of a, what it was well, a good, good game. Right, so exactly. have you got an ugly for us to finish? So an ugly, this is a little bit um, out of the box. 
but ESPN uh, did do a little survey against, uh, well, they surveyed 103 uh, players on the PGA Tour about um, they're not the most popular players on tour. Mm. Um, and who do you think would be ranked first out of those not-so-popular players? Well, I'm not going to say. Well, I have my own personal views from my own personal experience of who he was. Um, so I, I'm not going to say. Are you, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be branded. <laughs> not going to be branded. Well, this is just from the survey. Uh, so number one was Baba Watson. Mm. Yeah. Uh, number two was Patrick Reed. Mm-hmm. Number three is Rory Sabatini. Oh, well. And number four is Robert Allenby. So those <laughs> are the top four that was not popular amongst the players. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a subjective sort of debate. Um, but there is <laughs> yeah. one name in there that seems to come back uh, pretty regularly um, in Rory Sabatini uh-huh. and Patrick Reed uh, for any different reasons. I'm not too sure why. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, I will say in my time out there on the PJ Tour, um, yes, one of those players was definitely branded a awkward character to get to know and be around. So um, take a guess who that would be. But, um, yeah, though, I mean, those little things, I don't think they do great justice. But uh, in the end, it wasn't ugly because you don't want to be branded in that sort of category, do you? <laughs> No, you don't want to. It was just a little side note out of it, and I um, thought it was interesting survey that yes. ESPN did. And Absolutely, I know, yeah. a yeah. little, a little ugly to finish. And of course, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. But before we go, Maria, can you please remind everybody? Yeah, to subscribe to our YouTube channel as our dog decides <laughs> to scratch and scrawl around and interfere with yet another podcast. But yeah. Can yeah. you get through this, please? Okay, yeah. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you also remember that we walk the walk. Now let's talk the talk. Speak to you next week. <laughs>